Welcome to my podcast, Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba, and I will be your host for today's episode. Interested in hearing about love, life, travel, and career? I will be exploring all those topics and more. If you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, exciting, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode on Keep It Spicy. Today's episode is a little different from our regular interview style episode. Today's episode is the first of the new Book of the Month series, where every month I will be picking, reading, and reviewing a book that I think is relevant to all of you, and of course something that I think we would benefit from reading. And today's Book of the Month choice is Rise by Patty Azzarello. In short, Rise is a book, more like a guide, to advancing your career while having a life. And the best part is that it's applicable to any stage of your career, whether that's in the beginning or in the middle or, you know, where you're already at an advanced stage, advanced executive level, this book is applicable to all of you. So if you're interested in hearing my honest and full review, stay tuned and let's jump in. So Patty Azzarello is a successful Silicon Valley executive who now runs her own management consulting company, leading business transformations and positively impacting the careers of thousands of people across the world. For a bit more context, she actually became the youngest general manager at Hewlett Packard, so HP, at the age 33. She ran a $1 billion software business at age 35 and became a CEO at age 38, all without turning into a self-centered, miserable jerk. Here's some reviews just for you guys to have a better idea of what people have to say and have said about her book. Deborah Tripati, the CIO of Zynga. Leave it to Patty Azzarello to turn the secrets of genuine and effective leadership into a practical action plan. Who needs a mentor when you can read this book? Rob Meinhardt, the GM of Dell. I often get mid-level managers asking me how they can crack into the next level. And I have had many managers who don't ask and get stuck. Rise is the definitive guidebook to create a breakout moment in almost any career. And finally, Jim Davis, CEO of Verified Person Inc. Did you ever wish someone would just write down what you have to do to get promoted? Rise lays it out for you. It's easy to read, easy to implement, and tested in the real world. Read this book, or else work for someone who did. Moving on to some essential book information, it was published in 2012, but I can tell you this, a lot of the advice still holds today all the way in 2020. The foreword is done by Keith Ferrazzi, who's a founder and CEO of Ferrazzi Greenlight Inc., and author of Never Eat Alone and Who's Got Your Back. In the foreword, Ferrazzi mentions how To be a leader is not just to find solutions, but specifically to find those that help build, strengthen, and expand your team. He always says, you need to start every day, every event, every meeting with the same two goals. One, to find a way to help, and two, to find a way to care. Care about what you're doing and care about the people you are doing it with. He describes Patty Azzarello's book as a powerful course of action that will keep you true to both these intentions so that both extraordinary success and life satisfaction can be yours. 
So you now know a bit about what Rise is about, what people think of it. It's now time to dive into the actual content of the book. It's basically a three-step guide slash instruction manual to advancing your career and standing out as a leader and liking your life. And the three steps are... Number one, do better. Have more of an impact. Number two, look better. Be visible, but not annoying. And number three, connect better. Get the support. I will be breaking down all three of these steps so that you can get a more elaborate understanding of what she means by recommending each of these steps. Let's start with doing better. Highly successful people seem to get there by breaking through limitations of how their jobs were defined, by conceiving and doing extra things above and around their job descriptions. They also have other things in common, such as commanding immense respect from others. They fail way more than most people. They hear no a lot more. They screw up, but then they get back up and they learn and they keep going. Bottom line, they do stuff. It's not always dramatic, but there is always a sense that they're taking action and making steady forward progress. Doing better is about rising above the work. No one other than you has any motivation whatsoever to make you less busy. If you are overwhelmed by the activities of your job and you use up all your time and energy on your current job, you are not ready for a bigger one. Simple as that. It's important to realize that not only do you have permission but also as a leader, you're expected to be able to deal with an overwhelming workload and not be overwhelmed. That's the job. Just know that it's not the work that matters, it's the outcomes you deliver. You don't win the game for running up and down the court, it's the points on the board that count. In other words, you have to have what Azzarello calls ruthless priorities. Simply put, highly successful people don't do everything. Watch them. They drop the ball on all kinds of things. They disappoint people. They may have disappointed you from time to time. But if they're successful, the other thing that you will notice is that they have a ruthless focus on the things they care about. The ability to work this way is not a status that is granted to you. These people were not given permission to focus on a few things and drop others. They were not less busy or less constrained than others. They took risks. They worked it out. You need to work it out. The work almost never comes across the table at you the way you should do it because you are genuinely succeeding at the things that have had the biggest impact on the business. You'll be forgiven for the things that you don't get done. Here's something to keep in mind. You need to communicate your ruthless priorities over and over and over again. Unless you are completely sick and tired of talking about your message, you aren't even close to getting your audience to adopt it. Along with this, learn to make more time and work with your strengths. Hone in on what you've got. Create a list with three columns. One, things I'm getting done. Two, things you think I'm doing that I'm not. And three, things I know are important that I can't get to at all. Once you have your strengths in focus, you need to think about how you can tune your job to put yourself in your power alley, so to speak, more of the time. Being stuck in the content and detail is working in the business. Rising above the content to lead and build capability in your team is working on the business. 
Essentially, you want to spend more time thinking and less time doing. If you're spending all your time doing, you're probably not working on the business. And a final step in doing better is to trust. As Zarello says, I have never seen a smart person damaged by letting a smarter person thrive beneath him or her. If you send people the signal that you trust them and you encourage them to do big things, they will be more motivated to do these big things. And more often than not, they will do them. The hardest part about building trust is that you need to be unfailingly consistent. As soon as you let up, change your mind, disappear for a while, don't pounce on a consequence, let something slide, fail to give credit, or back off on communicating, you're degrading the trust. Azarello cites a mentor she has who describes this part of leadership as the hard, boring, and required stuff. Stay ever diligent on measures, consequences, and communicating. It's important. The payoff is big. The higher you go, the more you need the support of others. As you advance, success becomes less about what you yourself can do and more and more about what you can accomplish through others. Now it's time to talk about looking better. Looking better is about standing out. It's about building personal and professional credibility and becoming more relevant with your key stakeholders. A lot of talented people actually tend to miss the boat here. It's important to note before we get any further into this topic that although good work doesn't stand on its own, credibility does not happen without those good results. So the last thing you want to do is go on a campaign to build your credibility if you don't deserve it or don't have the results to back it up. Some people are also concerned that this credibility exercise feels selfish because you're trying to get attention for yourself. Azarello argues that the higher your personal credibility, the more useful and valuable you are to your projects, your team, and your company. It's not selfish because it's not just about you. It's about increasing your value to your projects, your team, and the business overall. Azarello cites an example of an executive who did a great job at their role, pretty much nailing the do-better aspect of her guide. However, when it was time to ask for a raise or a promotion, she didn't receive one because her boss's boss was not aware of the work she did, nor knew the impact. It's great if you're able to kill it at your job, but if the person in charge of promoting you or sponsoring you has not had your value conveyed to them, it may not work out in the way you'd have wanted it to. You've got to create a personal brand and stand out. Mind you, the goal is to be visible but not annoying. You having an important stakeholder not know can backfire against your efforts just as much as them know you for being annoying. You don't want to get blacklisted or buried in a reorganization. You need visibility beyond your boss and team. You need people above you and around you in general to see you as someone who matters. Azarello provides a list and a graph or two for you to fill out to help identify who your important stakeholders are, as well as other influencers in your circle that may not be clear to you right now. She even adds in ways for you to do this if you work remotely, which funnily enough, we are all, or at least most of us are doing because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's worth checking out. And finally, we're going to focus on the last step in the guide, which is connecting better. Successful people get a lot of help. Develop your network without being political. Get access to and win the best opportunities. You need to make time to network, period. Keep in mind that networking has two distinct parts. One, keeping in touch with people you already know. And two, meeting new people. Most of the power from networking actually comes from keeping in touch with the people you already know. 
Networking is actually about giving, not taking. So once you start to think about building your network by what you give and by adding genuine value for others, it becomes much more meaningful and feels much less political. Remember, your network only has value if you put value into it. The trick to authentic networking is to give when you don't need anything. Take less than you give, always. Easier said than done, but be fearless. As Arella says, being confident or fearless is something that you choose to do or be. Fearlessness is partly about having the imagination to see yourself in that role, deserving that role. It's about being willing to go there before you feel ready and comfortable. Over and over again, I have seen less talented, less qualified people move beyond higher performers for the sole reason that they were willing to do so. If you aspire to big things or the top jobs, you can't get there without putting aside your confidence issues and just doing it anyway. If you are smart, you will catch up with your leap. I promise, I've done this with pretty much every job transition I've ever made. A key test of executive presence is to look like you are doing your job with ease and grace. Even if behind the scenes it's chaos, people should see is you being calm and in control. It's okay to be terrified. In fact, if you are terrified, you're doing it right. I was lucky to have mentors and coaches share this with me, and I want to share it with you. All executives feel at certain points like they are in over their heads, don't know what they're doing, aren't good enough for their job, and are going to be found out, particularly when they start a new job. One sign that you are on a fast track is that you spend most of your career at the bottom of the pay curve because you get promoted too quickly to ever climb up a pay curve for a particular level. Part of the success formula is being willing to take these leaps and throw yourself into situations where you don't know how much or where you could be challenged as inexperienced. You need to trust yourself to be smart enough, and then you need to learn really fast. So there you have it, a summary of what the book is about and some context as to how you can use it to better yourself and move forward in your career. Now we're getting to the juicy part. We want to know what my thoughts are. Um, So my praise and critique and overall views of the book, honestly, I have to say that when I was in a little bit of a funk, I had actually met for coffee with a, a professional or like a mentor who... Um, held the position of a director in an industry that I kind of wanted to break into. And she suggested that I read this book. Um, Till date, she is a mentor of mine who's really helped me a lot and honestly opened some doors for me and connections for me. So I will admit that my review of this book is going to be a little or completely biased, actually. However, my take on this book is, after all, an opinion and opinions are all subjective. So I'm just giving you folks the context behind it, because of course, I wanted to be honest with all of you. So I've read a lot of nonfiction books and self-help books. And I can say that this is definitely a book that has been laid out in extremely easy to read terms. So there's no complicated jargon. Um, Even someone in high school can pick it up and read it and take in the information and apply it to their situation. Very simple diction is used, you know, very graphic and well-illustrated anecdotes are also used. The paragraphs are all concise with appropriate subheadings and subtopics. Overall, I would say it's a very tightly wrapped and organized book. Another thing to note is that with each tip or each step that Azarello gives out, um, she actually also has an exercise for the reader. So most of those are in the form of charts um, where, you know, like she'll have a chart in the book where where she's titled the 
categories, but then obviously leaves the entire chart blank because that's something that the reader is supposed to take home and do as their own personal homework. Um, you know, kind of like a fill out the blanks for yourself type of situation. And the other format in which she does these exercises are in steps. So like step one, do so-and-so. Step two, do so-and-so. And she honestly gives people tips on things from like how to interview, which I will say that I used for a bunch of my interviews in the past couple months, or how to make a really good presentation or how to do, you know, step one, two, and three while working remote. Like she's really hitting her audience at every angle, in my opinion. And I thought this was great because you aren't just reading the book, you're actually doing the exercises. So you're actively applying what you've read to your life and your career, and you're figuring out how to implement her teachings. So this book is also less than 300 pages, so it's not a terribly long read. I would say that one can easily pick it up and finish it in a day or two, even if you stop to do every single exercise in the book. Um, Patty Azzarello is really, I would say she's quite humorous and very relatable. She even adds in um, a recipe to her tuna sandwiches at the end of the book. So you can tell that uh, Patty definitely likes giving back to her community. She drops little gratitude bombs throughout the book, constantly mentioning how she couldn't have made it to X or Y without the help of so-and-so people. I honestly loved her message of how you can be successful and still happy because I know that that's something that a lot of you know even rich and successful people struggle with like along with the money doesn't just come happiness um so I didn't mention this in the summary or like the little plot summary or that I gave you folks but she talks about how you don't have to compromise on your interests in this case as well as your full-time job and your career so basically the gist of what she's saying is that use your day job to fund your little side hustles or fund your little passion projects or hobbies. So I'm a firm believer or like supporter of that. I do think that your full-time job does not have to be one that, you know, that doesn't have to be your one true soul identity. And as mentioned in my previous episode, be a whisk taker, uh, where I interview a finance professional who bakes cakes on the side. You can have as many passion projects as you want without having to give up your full-time job. I mean, everybody's different and if your full-time job is what you want your passion project to be also then go for it but personally I'm of the view that you do need something to keep yourself financially growing and financially secure so to speak so without compromising on your passion projects you can still move up the ladder to fund these passion projects so I that, those are just my thoughts like I I prioritize that's just because like that's the person I am I do prioritize being financially stable and financially secure over just you know running along with a fan with a with a whim or something like that um not to say that I don't partake in any of that like my podcast is my passion project but this is not what's funding my life um but yeah I just wanted to know what you folks think what are your thoughts do you agree or disagree let me know I want to know my recommendation is that if you are looking to move up in your career whatever level that is but you know but you just know that you're ready for a level up or you're looking to move industries um, or if you're just a career-oriented person in general and if you work in the corporate industry, I definitely think that this is the book for you. The tips are great. They're super relevant. Um, I'm not going to lie. They're, they are hard to incorporate because 
you're going from living how you've been living for how many ever years to just being told that like, okay, you got to do better, look better and connect better. Now you got to start arriving to your video conferences first. You got to make small talk. You got to make yourself known. You have to put yourself out there. Like these are hard tips to incorporate, especially if you are not a very social person. If you're more reserved, you're more introvert. Like this, these are hard things to do. Um, again, especially if you just got a new job, like that's when the imposter syndrome is the strongest, I would say, arguably. Um, but then again, hey, I always say that you got to do the things that scare and excite you at the same time, because that's where the growth happens. One more note, I would say that you should definitely keep a pen or pencil handy, uh, because you're definitely going to take notes while reading this book for sure. Out of 10, I would give this book a solid 9 out of 10. What's stopping me from giving it a solid 10, even though I just ranted about how much I love this book, is that I know that my personal values and beliefs fully resonated with Patty Azzarello. However, I'm not sure that everyone else's will. Also, I told you folks, like, even before I started the review that, um, or like gave you my thoughts that I am biased because a mentor I admire recommended this to me. And I believe that, um, a great tip to moving forward or just being a bit more successful is finding people that are way more successful than you and imitating what they do. So I'm completely biased there. Um, nevertheless, fully worth a solid nine out of 10 rating. That's pretty much an A plus right there. Join me again next month for another book of the month review. Hit me up with what your favorite books are and what you want me to read and review. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. Join me next Sunday for another episode on Keep It Spicy. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at underscore Keep It Spicy and on Twitter at Keep It Spicy Pod for more related content and some pick-me-ups in the middle of your week. Like, comment, and share the content and podcast with friends and family. On that note, remember folks, Keep It Spicy, yours truly, XX.